Hello guys, Jack here from Jack Makes Happy Hour podcast. And yes, the rumours are true. We're heading back out on tour in May 2024. 68% of the tickets are already sold out, but there are still a few left at Edinburgh, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham, Bristol, Bury, and our home city of Norwich. So don't waste any time. Grab your tickets today and come and watch me, Alfie and Robbie live. And me. Mainly me, Alfie and Robbie, though, isn't it? Yeah. Happyhourlive.co.uk. See you in May. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Happy Hour podcast. We're joined by Alex. How are you doing? Hello. Stevie. Hello. And the king of podcasts himself. It's uh, Joe Rogan. Mr. <laughs> we wish. <laughs> it's Mr. Geordie. It's True Geordie, aka Brian B. Rye. How you doing, B. Rye? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having us on. I'm sort of. About time, isn't it, really? Yeah, I know. I've been wanting you on the channel for a long time. Yeah. But you've, you've done four on my podcast now, I think. Four. four. Yes, I have. Four. I have. Yeah, I forgot because we, we were then four. talking about the Christmas special. Mm. That was, as I, as I just said to you, I can't I can't watch it back. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> me, I put it out there for everyone at Christmas who's a bit lonely. We cheer them up. We keep them company. And uh, there's Will and he's there as well. So, <laughs> he was in there, yeah. Someone. Uh, no, was, that we, your, was that your charity work inviting Alex? Oh, on? we got so fucked though, didn't we? <laughs> it was, was not good. Yeah, my brother watched it back on Christmas Day, and he would just like laugh and look at me like as if I was a nutcase. I just remember that there's just a meme come from that you meet and Rafa. But I will be honest, yeah, because I, d- I don't really follow the memes online. I'm not like, telling the story again. No, I don't want to. Sound like, like a grunt. <laughs> I don't follow the memes <laughs> <Yeah>. online. <laughs> but like with like this beans thing, you say I don't. <laughs> like, I literally have no idea what you're going on about, and yeah. like, I still don't know who like Inabber is and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> we but, had him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't know, did we? No. Uh, <laughs> I literally went. I had to sl- listen through that whole podcast to edit it to make sure it got out on Christmas Day, and I. Usually, I never take anything out. Mm. I edited out at least five minutes of Alex just talking. <laughs> like, oh. absolute. Oh, it, it was so boring and nonsensical. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing. I'm doing him a favour here, though. Do you know what I mean? No, he, you would, he would thank me for this because it was just the ramblings of a madman. Yeah, yeah. that is me. You know I mean? Imagine doing a podcast with him every week. Yeah. <laughs> I li- me and Lawrence really got a. We we chatted afterwards. We were like, fuck me, that Jack's a miracle worker, isn't he? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. man. Sorry. It's charity it's work. Great. It's charity work. Make a wish. Yeah, Keem uh, hammered me because Jesus. we called we called you our friend on, yes, a, no, I saw. on a true news and Keem was like loving the show, uh true news. And uh and then he was like, actually, change my mind now. You Many reasons me not to have me back on. What do you again. think? Do you like Keemstar? I do like him. I, yeah. I, I understand why people don't, because he's sort of like the bad guy, but um 
I admire what he's built in drama alert. Like a lot of people slated him for it, mm. persisted with it. And ultimately everyone else has followed suit and done similar sort of drama, type. drama channel. Yeah. Really, I mean, yeah. you do it in different, we, we all do it in our own way, but mm. ultimately he was the one who's seen that that kind of content was kind of bang first read or one of the first people to do it. So, yeah. But as a bloke, like, I understand he ruffles a few feathers, but I kind of like him. So I've never met him, so I don't have a personal yeah. experience with Kane. You hate no. him. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I hate him. yeah, don't sit on the fence him. now, Alex. Do no, not sit but on the fence I, now. See, everybody always says to me when they meet him, they always go, he's a lovely guy in real life, but I hate him on the internet. And I go, mm. I only get to deal with him on the internet. It's yeah. how I think I feel. I do enjoy your sort of beef with him, though. It's yeah, fun. It's funny. Mm. It's yeah, I like, enjoy it. It, it. Like, good beef requires two people who are, like, perfect polar opposites, you know yeah. what I mean? And... It's great. Maybe we could see you do the old yeah. YouTube boxing something. I've luckily still got my hair. You, you That'd be kills. quite the matchup. <laughs> Just slide that one under yeah. there, a little dig. I think he's a silly little twat. Um, <laughs> this morning, um, obviously, I don't know when this is going to go out, um, but I'm sure we'll work it out. you done a done a pub with old Ricky Gervais. How'd that go? It was good, mate. Um, a bit intimidating. Yeah. Like, uh, very rarely I feel like that. Yeah. But with him, it's like, oh, you're a fucking god to me. You like So yeah. you, you have to put that to one side. And I think I did that... I wasn't 100% right. myself. Mm. So there's a few people that I've had in the past where I think I'm annoyed at myself because I'm like, I wasn't 100% there. Yeah. Uh, like a little bit on the nervy side. So you th- like, there's a pause in your brain where you're like, shit, what do I, what do I ask? What do I ask? Which you don't have with other people. But no. because it's them, it's there. Yeah. And it was there a little bit with him. But not that much. I'm quite happy with the pod. It was it was good. When when you go into big big pods like that with people you admire, do you? I think you just answered it really. But do you do you get nervous? Are you somebody that just gets nervous in general? Uh, very rarely. Yeah. Uh, so I've learned from my past experiences. Uh, me, me me worst one where I really fucked it in my head mm. was Eddie Hall, who's the world's strongest man. Okay, why? Um, That's interesting. Because before I did YouTube, I was doing like weightlifting, and I was like obsessed with world's strongest man. I was like, oh, I could fucking do this, mm. which was deluded at the time. But you know, um, I w- I'm a strong lad in the gym, but there's a difference between being the strongest lad in your gym and the strongest lad in Britain. Yeah, I, <laughs> um, I have the same issue actually. <laughs> but I looked up to Eddie Hall for like years and years. So when I met him, I just shut the bed a bit in the interview. Like I was, I was, I was good. But I know I could have been better if I hadn't have been like so in awe of them. Yeah. So I learned from that. Yeah. And then when I did the um, the Shearer one, I'm, I had a, like a word with myself before I went in on that one, and I was like, Nah, I'm gonna fucking nail this. Yeah. So I was better, but I was still a little bit nervous for Shearer, but I was better. So the more it happens, the better you get. It. It's like I guess it's like stand up or some shit yeah. like that. Like yeah. you get better. It comes with a job. Um, it? But I was probably. Like, if I'd done Gervais a year ago, it would have been a lot harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think you can... I I've, don't think I've seen you in a podcast on your channel seem nervous. I think the only time I've seen you a little bit flustered, which is obvious, I think a bit obvious, was at the at the um, press conference with KSI. But that was that was extreme circumstances, I'm being, I think. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I think we'll get to that a Jesus. bit. Jesus. Yeah. Get to that bit yeah. later on. Uh, I'm... As, we, as we're, we're all mates, and hopefully this podcast just turns into a lot of waffle, really, but I want to just put these, these obvious questions out there just because... I think there'll be a lot of people that are interested. Shoot. Who's the best guest you've ever had on your podcast? Apart from the obvious, there's 
Alex um, in the room, so yeah, I'm I'm right here. <laughs> oh, by the way, before we get into it, before we get into that, can yeah. I just say Stevie always? Sits I've in never the... felt intimidated on this podcast. <laughs> KSI came in, I had to tell him to sit properly because he was slouching was like this all the time. Yeah. You walk in and just, and just take your <laughs> seat. Yourself. I, I, this is what I do. Well, um, I've done a few podcasts. So I feel very much at home, lads. Thanks mm. for making in us my welcome. chat. You're, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't feel at home. Do you? I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> just one little change of chairs and he's out of his comfort zone. Oh, what the fuck is going on? How yeah. chemistry of the podcast ruined. But I, I actually like it because we have the guest there. Sometimes we have the guest there. We've got the guest there now. This yeah. means nothing to the audio listeners and this is my best side. So I actually feel more comfortable. You're now. still being filmed mm. from the same side though. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I feel like Stevie needs a bit of a push so I'm helping him out a little bit here. <laughs> you didn't even by, remember uh, his name before. Sorry, <laughs> you, you totally misjudged me. By, honestly. By putting me here. <laughs> I like, pushing me away. I like when I said, why are you sitting there, Brian? Brian went, because I'm going to be the new him <laughs> that is totally true sorry, sorry Stevie we've right, got two guests great tomorrow. emails recently haven't, haven't we about uh, oh. they just don't ever know who I'm it was so good though it's so good we got an email and they asked us to do a, to do one of these happy hours at VidCon so we're going to do one and um we got an email and they were like, Hi, yeah, can you can you can you fill in this form? Also, can you get Alex spell A L I X? So that's never the go-to for Alex. Wow. Can you get Alex and Matt to also fill in the form? I'm I was like, what? And then they they corrected the email and put, sorry about the last email. We meant Alex with an E and Matt. And they still they still, <laughs> still said Matt. Matt. Matt Stevenson, of course. Yeah. 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 I had name. to send in all my details and I was so tempted to just put Matt. Matt. You should have just done but it. But instead my bio now just says yeah. the lesson known one from the happy hour See, I, I nearly I nearly asked her how do you guys know each other and then I realised it's all about me yeah, yeah all about you. forget it forget yeah. it I'll learn that later yeah, get rid of it who, who's your who's your favourite guest you've ever had on I'm intrigued but more so not so like because obviously Shearer's going to be up there and probably Gervais now and stuff but like who perhaps a, best, a better question is who surprised you the most who made a great podcast uh, we, we've just done a one with Ian Wright yeah um, and I, when you walk out of a podcast, you want to be like, fucking nailed that. And uh, and that's exactly how I felt with him because he's got a good story. You know, he's very popular, but he really opened up. And uh, he, he, I don't like it when people hold back right. on a podcast. And I know everyone holds back a little bit because mm. like, you've got your own personal life, but he gave it. I mean, he cried in the podcast. Like, he fucking brought Jesus. it. Like, and I, with, with, with someone like me who's going to ask those questions and someone like him who's going to give it all, mm. I mean, it's just that, that's what... So someone like Ian Wright would be classic. Uh, Tony Bellew was good. We did that one on EXO. Um, so that that's sort of the type of people I like where they just don't hold back. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Have you ever had anyone... I don't want to say that you've disliked, but anyone that you've not necessarily vibed with as much as you thought yeah. you have. Uh, Dizzy Rascal. Um, well, I really worshipped him as a 16-year-old. Yeah. And when I met him... Um, I feel like there was just a real. What I wanted to talk about was "Boy in the Corner," which is the original album that made him me fall in love with his music because he was like this switched-on young guy who was the same age as me and really understood the world and just put it on an album that was like perfect. Mm. And uh, he wasn't who I thought he was going to be. Like he was a bit of a chip on his shoulder because I guess because people idolised that album and now he's on the. I think it's fair to say he's not where he was in his career. No. And there was a few times where uh, Lauren said something that got to him or annoyed him and he got a bit, I wouldn't say aggressive, but just a bit of an attitude about him. And I thought myself, after the fact, I, I thought I wish I could redo that podcast because there was a point where I would have probably said, 
Do you know what it is? Let's just fuck it off. Should we just call it a day, mate? Really? Really? Yeah, that was that was the most disappointing podcast I've ever done. Fucking hell. Yeah. What, just because of how he was? Yeah, he's just... I don't know, like, you can be fucking famous. Yeah. And to me, you should treat everyone with a bit oh, of... Oh, for sure. With a bit... Like, you're coming to promote your new album. Yeah. We're asking you questions because we're fans of you. Yeah. And he just came with, like, this whole, the media's the media. And, like... Mm. I don't know. I think he just misunderstood us a little bit. Yeah, yeah um, he misread what you do on YouTube because obviously I don't know. Uh, he just had a. He's not happy with him, with his with himself for yeah. whatever reason, and it came out in the pod. But sometimes he was the first musician I've had, other than uh, Robbie Williams, who was a bit more like having a mate on because I knew him mm. quite well before we had him on. We were sat in his fucking house, mate. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, he was lovely. Yeah. So you go from lovely mm. to that situation where it's a bit combative. I think in my head I was like, like this is a good name to have on my podcast. Let's just smooth. I I just kept the ball rolling, and I see in the pod, it was like bringing a plane into land. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. just want to nice casually cruise us in. Whereas in retrospect, I wish I'd nosedive that fucking plane at the. <laughs> <laughs> You're being oh a cock. You know how do you maintain um, the relationship between obviously when these people are coming on your podcast, you want to keep them close and, and, and you want them to feel comfortable because ultimately you're not necessarily a journalist just trying to look for that story. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, those stories do help make a better show. Mm -hmm. Not like you're going to go and just clickbait the worst parts of their life, but how do you how do you dig for them them hard hitting questions without necessarily being that cunt that that old school media yeah. cunt. I think there's just a way of talking to people that makes you... When you're a journalist, I think that's the advantage of not being a journalist that I've got is I was just brought up on how to talk to people. in mm. a. Even though people knew me for being a fucking ranty idiot on YouTube. Like, in me real life with me mum and that, she just taught me how to speak to people. So when it comes to having those conversations, I just went into what I know. So mm. ultimately, I relax people a lot more than what I feel like when you're talking to a, new, a, like a newspaper guy or whatever. They, you know they're always trying to trip you up. You know they're always looking for that title, whereas I'm just looking for a conversation. And, and if we get something where, for example, with Ian Wright, he opened up about his private life and all the problems he'd have, it's really nice when someone trusts you with that information yeah, and is like, there you go, like, well, I'm sharing mm. my story with you, you're worthy of that, because mm. you hold back, do you yeah. know what I mean, like, with yeah. certain people, but he didn't hold back. So I, I'm very grateful for that when they do that, but it's all about making them know that you respect them enough that if they're not happy with what's said, that they can change that at any point. So, yeah. like, for example, with Logan, he didn't trust anyone when we did the podcast right. because he'd done an interview with... Um, Who's that fucking YouTuber who does all the New York fucking drone footage and shit, man? Casey. Casey. Yeah, yeah. He'd done an interview with Casey where, according to Logan, Casey being like, yeah, I mean, we can have a chat. And he'd set the scene to be a different kind of interview. He'd sat him down and then he just went for the kill. Right. It's a really weird video, that. I yeah, mean, I it was an awful interview. And, and I'm right a huge... Uh, I, I respect Casey. Like Some of his work mm. is amazing, but it, it was a shocking interview because mm. Casey was just being like having a go at Logan and Logan, as any 22-year-old kid would, just closed off. Yeah. And I realised watching that interview, like, I need to make this kid feel fucking comfortable, mm. even after everything I've said about him. So I just had a private chat with him before we went into the podcast and mm. was like, look, I've said what I've said about you. You know I don't agree with what's happened, but... 
I don't want to have a conversation with you where I'm just fucking hammering you, you're closed off, and we have a shit fucking interview. Yeah. You need to trust me and I need to trust you. We need to try and make a good podcast. So yeah. I just it's being a person to these people, and I think that that's yeah. what journalists lose. Yeah. They they become fucking um so analytical and mm. like when we had JJ on last week, I mean, I spoke to him and and he he summed it up perfectly. He was like, I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. He's like, make mistakes. And I was like, yeah. I was like, so one thing that I know a lot of people who, especially if you have gone in on somebody online and they meet them, and a lot of people feel like they can't treat that person like a human because like they've critiqued them. Mm-hmm. So they'll just be really mean. Mm-hmm. And it's so like, that's it's a, like, so it's like the Lawrence situation with Robbie, uh, also on TV. Lawrence's point is, yeah, I, I shit on your content, but I haven't got a problem with you personally. Like, and I think that uh, as a YouTuber, especially, you need to separate yourself from your content and your, who you are. Like, so mm. we all make mistakes, we all make shit videos or yeah. whatever. So, shoot. Uh, yeah, if that. you go around walking around and you see somebody you may have critiqued in the past, and your first mind, because you're so insecure about stuff you've said, is to be like, I have to tell them that I don't like them yeah. to their face. And you're not going to build up the respect that you're looking for. I mean, nobody will actually care about your crit- criticism in the end because no. they'll just think you are a cunt. I, Unlucky I, Jack. <laughs> no, because that's the thing. I've got, I've got some, and this isn't me blowing my own trumpet, but I've got some, and I can't because I've tried, but I've got some big YouTubers who message me DM me support, but they will never do it publicly because they know that can that can damage their their reputation, and that doesn't offend me. Like I know that they can't be associated with that kind of content. Do you know what I mean? I understand so, it. Yeah, but they came for us the other day, didn't they? Uh, did you see that guy from Asfan TV tweeting about us? DT, yeah, yeah. yeah I can't remember. Will Will stoked the fire, didn't he? Was it was that Will he was on about with the, with the Lego guy? Yeah, <laughs> Lego man. And then he went in on Cam, didn't he? Got yeah, in, like, I mean. I think, to be fair, DT's been hammered that much that he's entitled to say some stuff back. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I find yeah, it yeah. funny. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw it as more like, he's just going back because people yeah. have gone at him. So I didn't look at it and go, DT from Arsenal Fan TV really hates Cam Kirkham. No, yeah. I don't think he gives a fuck. I think it's it's about knowing who's playing the game and, and who really can't take criticism. And I think that that's... Yeah. I'm still learning. I'm, I'm still on to make sure that you pick the right person because sometimes I've had messages back, you know what I mean, on... Uh, if I've used someone on True News or whatever and took yeah. a piss, where people just can't hack it. Really? Yeah. Fucking hell. What, I just want to quickly go back to like having someone on that's not, like, not necessarily ticking all the boxes. Mm. As, a, as a fan of your podcast and mm. someone that's watched, it, watched pretty much every one you've done, mm-hmm. one I found particularly awkward was um, the, the relationship between you, Lawrence, and Dapper Laughs. Yeah, yeah. That was really weird, and I couldn't pinpoint why I found that awkward but I, I so I then obviously read the comments and stuff and I don't want to let that the comments change my opinion but they were saying that he that he had some kind of animosity towards Lawrence did, did you get that yes. vibe when, when yes, you were because <laughs> I remember Lawrence used to just always use him as a uh, he used to always make jokes at his expense like yeah. 10 podcasts in a row but, so Lawrence <laughs> criticized his content uh in the past um for me, I didn't even know who Dap My Laughs was, so I'm just a guy on the... But also, this was very early on in the podcast, so me and Lawrence were still forming what we are as a podcast. We're having someone like Dap My Laughs who's a really divisive person, mm. and we're just trying to make an interesting podcast, an interesting conversation out of a guy who... His career's fucking dead, let's be perfectly honest. Like, and But how he killed his career was what was the interesting thing it's about funny. it. Mm. Um, and, I, and actually, to be fair to the guy, I did think... Um, he got a bit of a rough ride, uh, mm. and 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 I and I think he's actually an all right guy, uh, but he's just made some 
bad decisions, you know. Haven't you but, met him? I mean, yeah, yeah. I had that. I had that story, didn't I? That yeah. I told you. Well, you, you're then, the then. reason he came on because you were on the week before. You mentioned Dapalas, and he contacted us, say, "Let me on, and I'll have my say." And it was more a case of it was like, "Oh, we need a fucking guest go on then." Yeah, um, <laughs> but but I because my story I told about him, right? I was 100 percent true. Right, I had no reason yeah. to to bullshit this, yeah. And then, because I I I felt like he'd personally fucked me off big time, personally. Oh, you had because I I I had I had, I had stood by him through the whole down downfall of oh, Dapala through the whole when, you did the sketch, when I did the sketch, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and and and, and I kind of felt like, and, and I'm I'm not putting myself on a pedestal here because this is back when I had fucking uh, eighth of the subscribers I got now, so I couldn't really single handedly help save his career. But I felt like I was holding out an olive branch and going. Come on and do this, and he completely just threw it in my face. So when I, he then, I think I can't remember exactly how it was because um, it was a few years ago now. But I think I was Lawrence or someone said he was coming on to have his say, and I thought to myself, and I will be completely honest here, I shat myself because I thought, right, I've just said some stories and opened up about personal stories that he's done to me mm-hmm. that are hundred percent true. Now I know I haven't done anything. I've done a lot of stuff that people could expose me for, I guess, but nothing that he fucking knows because I don't know him well enough. And I thought his career is fucked now. It's gone, right? He's now going on a big platform on Brian's channel. He could say anything right now, anything. He's got nothing to lose, like anything about me. And if that comes out, there's going to be some people that believe it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I th- it was it was from my point of view, it wasn't the case of he was going to get to have his say about you as much as about his career. Mm. And that's where the interest came because me and Lawrence were like, like being honest, you know, getting guests who are interested is difficult. And then you find someone, yeah, all right. Then Lawrence were like, you be bad cop because you've slammed them, and I'll and I'll sort of present some balance because I do actually think that the jokes he made weren't as bad as the backlash that he suffered. Mm. Uh, it wasn't really fair. No, um, it was. The but apology. yeah, it was. It wasn't my best. Po- it was. It was a bad podcast in that respect for me. I, and and I wouldn't have done it if I could. There's a there's a, quite a few podcasts that I'd just be like, yeah, tick that one off. To, uh, really, scrap it. Yeah. it. It's almost like when you were starting out, you you you, do, you climb that ladder. Mm. Of, get, of trying to build that sort of backlog mm-hmm. of guests, so you mm-hmm. can get to that top, that top one. But what I feel w- with you now, I don't know if you agree, but because you've got you've had Shearer on, mm-hmm. and and you've had you've had uh, Gervais on, and you've, Jack uh, mate four times. That's when you know you go from here. That's when you know you're scraping the barrel. Yeah, where do you go next? <laughs> well, what? How do you go from? having these massive guests to then go and okay um we'll have uh, like some, some some average youtuber on like, like <laughs> yeah. I, i'm quite happy with that though because do you not mind no yeah it's like entertainment is going to change as we go so it's like one i like variety like one thing i think i'm good at on youtube is I can turn me hand at a lot of things. Like if you put me in a sketch, I can do that podcast, live stream, regular YouTube video, me alone to camera, me like I want to be the guy who can do a lot. Do mm. you know what I mean? So yeah. telling, helping Ian Wright with his story, and then doing Gervais, and then maybe finding a new up and coming YouTuber who I can do something with. That that's cool, and uh, and then just getting pissed with your mates is funny as fuck anyway. So <laughs> yeah. like I don't really mind. Um, it doesn't have to be about status. It's about status is good, but I you'll run out of that. So you, you've got to be like, all right, well, if I could get someone interesting, like we've had a guy who was on death row, who was innocent, or uh, Sean Atwood, who did his whole drugs thing and that. Like we've, mm. I mean, we've had some, I want interesting people as much as I want. Mm. I don't want to, if I wanted celebrities, I'd go through all the fucking 
shit cunts on bloody <laughs> I'm a celebrity and all that yeah. crap. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not, I, not everything, is it? I think one of the most interesting guests you've had on, and I mean, I should have written it down, but the name escapes me. I know we've spoken about it a few times. Um, the undercover cop. No. Um, the uh, Nick Garris. Yeah, yeah. Nick Garris. What, 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 what do you think of him? Nick's a really interesting guy because on the one hand, he's not normal. Mm. So when he, when he talks, there's a bit of you that like, you're sitting there like, fucking hell, my mind's blown. Mm. But then if you did 23 years on death row for a crime you didn't commit, mm. you wouldn't be normal. Do you mm. know what I mean? So mm. I've seen him on, I thought we got a good podcast out of him. It was great. In fact, it was in my head. I'm looking at Joe Rogan like, all right. I don't want to be Joe Rogan, but I'm looking at everything he's doing right and I'm trying to learn from that and how I can use what he's done. And And one of the things he did was he gave us some great stories from people we'd never heard of before. So with Nick Yaris, to me, that was like amazing to have that kind of story on the pod because it sets the tone for what I'm trying to create over the next few years. Mm. Um, But he broke down and he was quite emotional. But I'm good with that. Mm. Um, But when he went on Rogan's podcast... It, it wasn't the same. Um, he, I think he got lost a bit in it. And this, he's sometimes had so much of a story that he goes through the gears and he's telling it as he knows how to tell it because he, he tells the story for a living, basically. Yeah. And when he gets emotional, I think there was a lot of people questioning on the Rogan comments, um, is he true? Like, is it real? That sort of thing. That's exactly what I thought. Mm. I, I when I when I watched your one, I, I enjoyed it and I thought it was, it was eerie, but it was it was intriguing. It didn't I, it didn't seem like bullshit. No, on my, no, it didn't. My but, but when I, when I watched it on the, the Rogan one, it was pretty much the same story. <laughs> Obviously, there was a few more sort of dark elements added to it from stuff that had happened since your one. Mm. But I just felt it come across really really fake, which I think leads me on to you do a good podcast with someone, whoever that may be. Um, that's that's not say friend. That's say like these 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 randomers that come on that have great stories mm-hmm. like the, um, Charlie Charlie the poker player and yeah. stuff like that. Obviously, you sometimes ha- have them back on for a second one if it does well. You you and as as somebody who does podcasts, when you see these people off of cam- off camera, they sometimes share a little bit more or they'll give you that little bit of information, that little golden yeah. nugget, which would make really good content. How do you find the line between because? we've probably been told stories from YouTubers off camera who are our mates that we would want to share because it millions, would bang views. Millions of stories that I think would change well, the way most people look at YouTube. Exactly. You, I will never ever be able to tell No, anything. we can't tell them because they're our friends. But do you feel... I think there's a, the, the way YouTubers live off camera, I mean, people wouldn't believe it. No, you have to keep it off because they're in our line. And, and but, but, but it's like success breeds everything that you would imagine. And, and when there's... Uh, I don't think ever in the history of entertainment, other than maybe rock or rock and roll or whatever, back in the day, has so many young 20-year-olds been so rich, mm. like so quickly and not being ready for it. You no. know, So people can imagine what the fuck's going on off camera, do you know what I mean? Mm. But how, how, do you, how do you take those to people that you, you don't feel too, as much loyalty with, mm-hmm. like the, these one-off people that come on? How do you take those little bits of golden nuggets that add to stories off camera? How do you balance that between... I'm sure there's stories you want to tell. You might know stuff about Nick Garris. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But then do you feel almost too much loyalty towards them because they've come on your podcast? Would you prefer to tell stories and, and stuff like that? Like I think you naturally, as people, we, we know... We, we You get a good idea of who's a good person and who's a, who's a cock. Yeah. And I think 
based on that, I just make me judgments there and then. Like if someone's been nice to me, like Nick Yaris, for example, who's always been lovely towards me, yeah, I'll always be nice to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if someone is a bit of a dick, mm. then you'll say whatever you want then, won't you? Fair. Okay, cool. After the break, I'm going to ask Brian who his top five podcast guests are going to be, dead or alive. I'm going to t- tell my five and then um, you two. What are you, what are you looking confused for? How many of his guests have died? No, I'm saying, <laughs> no, in, in the future, he can have five, and I want to know who they are. And four out of five of them are going to be Jack, mate. So <laughs> tune in after the break. And we can, we can chat through that. See you in a bit. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Happy Hour podcast. We're all still here. Brian's still here. Still in Stevie's <laughs> As chair. Leave. As if we just get up and go I after the I break. was debating. Stevie was never here. I can't wait to watch the next episode where Stevie's in his rightful place once again. Like, <laughs> just delighted with himself. And you'll see Lawrence here as yeah. well. So it's even better. Lawrence yeah, is Lawrence a bitch, is gonna... so he won't, he won't have the balls to take this chair. He's going yeah, to walk in and go, actually, I'm going to have that one. Uh, <laughs> And you know he's going to tell him to as soon as he leaves this room and now. Ste- yeah, but I reckon you'd tell Lawrence not to sit there. The fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> right, Brian. Five dream podcast guests, dead or alive. Okay. A- and obviously, if they're on your podcast, they're not. Gonna, that's not. They won't be a corpse. Uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm removing anyone I've had. Yeah. So I think probably Gervais would have been on this list. Okay. So I've, uh, he's knocked off now. Ticked off. Um, number one. Joe Rogan, yeah, because he's sort of the reason I decided to do it. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a really good show. Um, best podcaster of all time, in my humble opinion. But why though? Like, because as somebody who, and I don't get me wrong, I do enjoy his podcast, mm-hmm. and I and I and I do watch the odd one. But I I I don't know if it's because I know you, mm-hmm. but I I prefer the True Geordie podcast. So why do you? What is it about him that you love? What um, does he do? The magic of Joe Rogan is that he always grows as a person. So the reason why he's been able to keep everyone's interest when he does five podcasts a week, every single week, is the Joe Rogan of two years ago is not the same as the Joe Rogan now. And even as a 50-year-old man, he's constantly learning, he's constantly changing his views, he's constantly evolving as a person. And how much shit he knows blows my fucking mind. Like, he could have, like, I carefully select who I'm going to have on. He, like... This scientist, this historian, this fucking bloke who shoots fucking sharks or whatever the fuck. This <laughs> UFC fighter. Shoot, no, shoot he's had all sorts of weird The shark people. hunter. No, man, he's just... And <laughs> he's it, got like a thousand episodes, but the, but the Yeah, I mean, 1,200. That's not including all the other fucking pods he's done as well on MMA or whatever. Like, the amount of... The diversity in his conversations and how he can hold his own with people from all walks of life and the fact that at 50 or whatever he is, he can do two podcasts a day, no problem, then go and do a comedy set at night, then go and commentate on the UFC on a Saturday night as well. I mean, his work rate just it pisses on everyone on YouTube, in my opinion. Mm. So it might not... You could argue that maybe he doesn't have the single greatest podcast of all time in terms of the one one episode that might be the best, but like his body of work, for me... There's a reason why when you look at the iTunes episode charts, he dominates. Mm. He is the best, in my opinion. So that that would be the reason. Well, if you had to say to someone who'd never watched a Joe Rogan podcast in their life to watch one single episode, which one would you pick out? My personal favourite is when he gets pissed with his mates. Because I like his friends as well. His friends are all very likeable guys. Right. But I think uh, the biggest episode he might have ever done was the Alex Jones one where he had Alex Jones on for nine, the, the 9-11 podcast. Right. Um, and he, 
he's just logical guy and he questions things but in the right way and he sits quite in the middle and he's just a, a cool guy to have a laugh with um, but the reason I like the Alex Jones ones is just because um, they get a conspiracy theorist off his tits and he spouts loads of shit yeah. and it's fun <laughs> yeah. it's I, mean? I, can't, I can't watch anything with Alex Jones mm. I, can, I, can't, I can imagine I'm I find him hilarious but I just I lose I lose track mm. I, I think it's so fucking mental it's almost <laughs> to me when he talks one thing that I hate a pet peeve of mine and I, I, I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast apologies if I have, but I don't like when people tell me their dreams. Right? I don't. I don't fuck it. It pisses me off because, like, someone will go right, and when I say someone. I mean Fiona, but I'm just gonna, <laughs> right, I'm oh, just gonna nice. get shit for this. Yeah, You're but, becoming like Gervais and Jane now, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> In no. 10 years, we're going to be hearing all about Fiona with a picture of, oh, yes. yes, with our friends. Huh? Nobody there. Is that yeah. dreams? Just an empty picture. <laughs> when you say dreams, do you mean like when they're asleep dreams? Yeah. Or dreams for the future? Yeah. Okay. It's not like she's come to me and go, I really want a promotion. I go, You're a cum. Grow up. But no, Shut no, the no, fuck up, Fiona. That is exactly what I thought you were talking no, about. No, I mean, like, someone will go, come to me, like, my mate will say to me in the pub, I had a dream last night it's mad you won't believe it oh, and I'll be like no I will believe it because but it's a dream men don't <laughs> like I, I know I'm a bit shut you know, down but men don't do that shit it's always women who bang on about their fucking oh, dreams like, yeah. when I wake up in the morning don't fucking if I haven't got a coffee don't fucking talk to me <laughs> coffee first then I'll listen to your fucking dreams well, alright dream, I'll tell you it's Two shit sugars. but they'll go like oh yeah there was this llama and it had wings, and I was flying on it, and we went to home bargains. And I'll be, she'll be like, how mad's that? No, it's not mad. It's, it's not mad because it's a dream. When that actually happens, tell me, and I'll be like, fuck me. Why does but- this relate to Alex Jones? Because I'm really confused. Because <laughs> so there's a conspiracy theory about cause- llamas. <laughs> no, because I feel that when I listen to Alex Jones, the reason I can't compute with dreams is because it's so random. It's like, well, anything can happen. We have the documents. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think he chats so much waffle yeah. that I just I lose track. He's been deplatformed, as they say now, because um, he basically accused um, the people who were involved in the the school was it the school shootings yeah, and that of, one of being things. actors and it's not real. And I mean, he just took it. He just took the absolute piss with all of this crap. Yeah, yeah, no. I think you'll always be heavily against anything like that because you don't like things that can't be real anyway. Like you won't even watch a film if it's not if it couldn't happen in real life. No, nah, it'll piss me off. Yeah. that's why I can't. I don't. I hate Game of Thrones. You hate superhero things. They, the only superhero you like is Batman because he's just a rich guy. Yeah, like yeah. So anyone coming at you with something that my, is unreasonable, my favorite superhero it. film was Kickass because it's not. They're not. They ain't got their powers. Kid. They're just trying to be it. Yeah, yeah. I fucking I hated that new one with the purple frog and the glove. <laughs> <laughs> Purple frog. Thanos is a purple frog. I don't know. I don't really watch superhero films. You remind me a bit of Thanos, actually. Batman. That's what I watch as well. Yeah, Yeah, that's not a bad shout. I think where second on the podcast, Batman. (laughs) Yeah, let's get back to the question. Bruce Wayne. That's a realistic one. You're gonna get angry in from the I'm fuming. Uh, All right, so. James Gandolfini, who uh, played Ooh, Tony Soprano in nice. The Sopranos, my favourite actor ever. Yeah. Uh, they're remaking The Sopranos, like they're doing a prequel uh, movie. Right. They're usually shit, though, aren't uh, they? They are. I'm worried. Yeah. But um, his actual son, who was with him when he died, is going to play him Fucking um, hell. in the movie. So that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. And he looks a lot like his dad. So Yeah. I've, he, not, I've never seen The Sopranos. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> Just get up and walk out. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm glad that I can give this gift to you, man. Yeah. I don't know if you like Goodfellas. You ever seen Goodfellas? No, no. no. I thought because I don't know if you like good films. No. <laughs> you, you, this, the Sopranos is a quality fucking piece of work. Isn't there like nine seasons? There is, but the, the thing is, 
it's like the reason you have all of the the reason Netflix is Netflix mm. is because people love box sets. The reason people love box sets is because The Sopranos was like the first real quality show. It was based it was based on gangsters, but really it, this theme is family and relationships. And instead of not speaking to each other anymore, they have each other whacked. Right, like it's fucking yeah. Tony Soprano. Like Gervais calls it the greatest TV show of all time. Right for that reason, like he's a really complex guy who. Like he's so flawed, but like he's a loving bloke, but he's also quite nasty. He's got girlfriends on the side. He's fucking violent, but then he's trying to be a better man. He's a mobster going to therapy. Mm. Like it, he's full of contradictions, but it's a really interesting show. And uh, I think acting performance-wise, that was the most believable. When you talk about believable mm. character, I've ever seen on really? TV. Yeah, never seen it. Have you seen it? No. Oh man, I just I'm, didn't want to. I'm giving you a gift, Alan. Thank me later. What's your favourite series right now? Yeah, uh, I just finished uh, the season two of The Punisher. Stevie, very good season. Uh, Game of Thrones. No, <laughs> um, I like Breaking Bad. Yeah, I like Breaking Bad. Mm. So Breaking Bad's good. Mm. Sopranos is better. Really? Yeah. Fucking. But um, my favourite show at the minute is called The Last Kingdom. It's on Netflix. Incredible. It was on BBC. Yeah, it started on BBC and then Netflix picked it up. But it's like Game of Thrones in terms of like. Um, People will liken it to that, but it isn't. It's it's based around the Viking times. Actual, yeah, actual yeah. kings as well. Yeah, it's based it? around real events, um, that battles that took place, and that. And it's like, oh, it's fucking classic. It's very good. I would have thought you would have been a big fan of Sunderland till I die. No, I've never seen that. <laughs> it's oh, good. Have you not I seen just it? can't sit through that. Every time Gen- I see that, on really, really interesting. I like, like that documentary. I, I learned a Was lot about. Yeah. I learned a lot it's about good. how a football club is ran, mm. and also it made me. Hate footballers. Yeah. So, what did you think of Jack Rodwell? He's a cunt. No, I'm the only one that doesn't think he was. What was, the, what was the tell tell people the, the, context, the deal about it? The context, right. right? So obviously Sunderland Football Club had just been relegated two years on the bounce, so they went from having this big budget in the Premier League to League One budget. And Jack Rodwell, when he was in the Premier League, had signed, and I'm going to get the numbers slightly off, but round about a five year contract on X amount, eighty k. It was, it was, it was sixty grand a week for five years. Five years, and there was no. Um, Thing in his contract that meant if they got relegated, that he was so the they only had player. to pay him the 60. Yeah, he's the, the only time. player who didn't and have a clause where his contract would be half. The, the, the other ones, you got need to cut the yeah. point, Malixman. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we cut it all. It's yeah, fine. Wait till I get to Rafa. Fucking hell. Shut up. <laughs> he's not but, involved, um, thank God. So, what they do is on transfer deadline day in League One, two years on, they say to him, they call him into the office and they say, Look, Jack, can you leave the club? Can you just terminate your contract? You're a good player, you'll get signed in the championship, like, and this will really help the club. And he comes out and he says, I'll think about it. And then you've got the owner sat there going, I really fucking hope he makes the right decision here. And then he just go, and then he just says no. And everyone on Twitter is like, Jack Rodwell's a cunt. It's like, no, they've offered him this contract. If somebody said to you, can you be unemployed, please? Because it's really going to help this company that has more money than you. I'm going to go fuck yourself. I agree no. if it wasn't for the fact that he didn't do an entire newspaper piece because he played zero games in the championship. Yeah, but then Tevez did the same. He refused to play in the championship. He wouldn't, he wouldn't play. Goes to the press after the club go come on jack like at least like fucking play like we need you to play if you're on 60 grand a week he goes to the press he goes i'm in the form of my life i'm so fit i just don't get any opportunities at sunderland and then they go to him the next day after he does this newspaper thing and go well can you play then and they have a camera in the wall in uh the area where they all do medical after training and i think it's darren gibson goes oh i saw a newspaper piece does that mean you're gonna start playing again and he goes no fucking chance mate Really? Day after, day after he said he, he's oh, day after now said, you see he's a yeah, cunt. and that's oh, why yeah. that's why I thought he was a cunt because right. obviously if you're offered a sixty grand a week contract, 
No, you're not just going to rip it up. Did, no. you, did you see Darren Gibson oh, crushing his car? Mate, yes. that's all in the dark. That's in the dark yeah, as well. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit where, he, where he's in the pub and he's slagging off Sunderland oh, yeah, and they film him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That right before the, the beginning of the season. <laughs> a bit but I like it when he went, none of them give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I like that, yeah, yeah, it's a bit real. I love when uh, there's a bit where Chris Coleman's in the car park and this guy comes up to him and calls him a prick and he goes, what do you mean I'm a prick? I'm a married man. I've got six kids. Yes, he didn't <laughs> say that. That's irrelevant. I love how at the birth of every child he has, child number four is like definitely not a prick <laughs> like that doesn't prove nothing yeah yeah, yeah and um, when he goes to screw up to him afterwards and it's like what are you doing I know it's bizarre and then, and then yeah. it instantly cuts to Chris Coleman was fired yeah. <laughs> no, genuine, I, I think football clubs are full of dicks like in terms of like the people who run them, mm. it's full of non-professional people who've never had to have proper jobs. Mm. So they're just a bunch of young boys mentally with a load of money to play around with. It's, yeah, it's definitely. Very it's like, rarely do you get good people. It's like the whole and out of it thing going on at the moment. Yeah, what do you think to that? What's a, what's the crack currently? Because he signed a new contract, uh, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> I thought he was going to leave. We just lost four two to Wimbledon in the cup, mm, big and, game, which he didn't want to play in. Like he he could have played because he did, he's not gone anywhere. Didn't play. He said he wants to go to China, and I quote to win cups. Right then Money. he says, oh now now I'm not going to China on Friday night. I'm not going to China. Saturday we play Wimbledon. Why are you not playing if you want to win cups? And then he posts a video on on um, Twitter last night, going, "Hey West Ham fans, like I've decided to stay." Well, I don't no know, one wanted. You, yeah, yeah. No one, <laughs> no one put the big bid in, and now he's like, "I'm devoted," and and he's just signed a new contract. He's just another bell end, isn't he? That's Everyone's it. just going for money. <laughs> Let's go back to your third. Yeah, I bet uh, you never uh, thought it would take this long to answer. <laughs> I don't five mind, people. I, don't mind. I mean, I'm not. It's not. A, I don't know. We'll see how good of a listener you've got. Me on the podcast. I like. Yeah. Um, I'd like to have Eminem on. On I, I liked Ooh, his interview series that he recently did when he dropped the Kamikaze album. Yeah, uh, he's he's a bit of a dark character. He comes across quite sort of bit of a geek, but I like that about him. Like mm. You can tell he's obsessive. Yeah, uh, and he. But the thing is, he doesn't give a lot. And I feel like if you could like break that barrier down and find out what was really going on in his fucking head, it would be there'd be a lot of stories. Oh, there. It'd be probably good for him. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like what you were saying about. Um, Oh, was it was it Dizzy Rascal? Mm. Um, you were saying about how he's almost a bit sad mm. now at his own predicament. I feel that would be Eminem a little bit. F- fully, fully. Yeah. That definitely I just by listening across. to his new album, like half of it is about him going, I'm really sorry that the last one was shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he, everyone he, he hated t- that. Though. He doesn't like what he makes being criticised. It gets to him and, and that's why he lashed out at so many people, I think. Uh, yeah. But to me, that's mad because it's like, you're Eminem. Who gives a fuck if you made a bad album? Like, yeah. how he does right? Like, he really cares. So. <laughs> how would you pre- prepare for an interview like that? Because you'd need to think that if you can't break him down, you're probably yeah. going to get another shit. track. With Eminem, uh, I've, I've literally he was my first like album I I had when I was like eleven. I was yeah, curtain. Call. I had um, I had the Marshall Mathers LP, and I remember <laughs> was quite late. I remember being eleven years old and listening to um, Kill You. And he starts off, I was just a little baby boy. Mama used to tell me these crazy yeah. things. And like, you're like, what the fuck is this? Like straight away, and I was just hooked, basically. Co- corrupted you from the off. Yeah. Mm. What, like, this is what amazes me, is when I see what um, YouTubers are putting out who are like appealing to young kids, I'm like, wow, when I was 11, I was listening to Marshall Mathers LP and like mm. shit where he's talking about like killing his wife on the album. And like, yeah. and maybe laughing at like South Park, 
Mm. Uh, and 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 yeah, that then I see the mm. kids these days are watching that little lass with the fucking bows in her head, and I'm <laughs> like, Joe Seaway, yeah. what? What the fuck is going I on? I just feel like I skipped that, like that entire. I, that never generation. happened to me. You're never. making it sound like it's a bad thing. Why is everyone not listening to people want to kill people? No, I, I'm genuinely like, <laughs> I just don't know how you get there. But when right? I was 11, I would have known that she was a cunt. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would have been like, she's a cunt. I like away. when you say about, you bring up Joja Siwa or whatever her name is, and we all just slowly turned and looked at Alex, like you've done a few uh, videos on I'm her. I'm doing That's... a video on her actually today. Oh my so, God. No, I watched some of her videos recently because um, Logan had her on the podcast and I was like, what a cunt. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> she's, how old is she? Like 14? 15, and, 14. Uh, no, yeah. she's, she's 15, but like she's, she's telling, apparently telling uh, people, get your mum and dad's credit cards or whatever, some shit like that. She Whoa. sold 40 million of those both things. Yeah, but... It, this million. is the thing. Is if you want to make money on YouTube, well, I mean, we fucked up. Uh, if you want to make money on YouTube, appeal to kids first. Yeah. Second, fucked. women. Yeah. Third, and if at all, men like lads because if they exist. I, I mean, I look at it now and I think I fucked up, mate. Going for the lads. There's no money in lads. Mm. They don't money want to buy is, anything. I mean, your classic is we're seeing your CPM. Hello. Money is in appealing to women and kids. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I fucked up. <laughs> Next on the list. <laughs> He's Not really hurt by that. And the rest he? of the list is just women. Next on the list, Sarah Jessica Park. No, um, Tupac. <laughs> of all the women, yeah. what an odd No, choice. but she's a woman that appeals to women. Sex in the city. No. Yeah. Uh, Tupac. Yeah. Uh, I just think he's a really uh, complex character, and I loved his music growing up. Yeah. And, um, for people, the one thing that people forget about Tupac is he was like 25 when he died, and when you think of how much he achieved and all the barriers he broke down and the kind of music he made. Uh, he's just untouchable for a 25-year-old bloke mm. to, to die like he did. So I actually didn't know he was that young when he died. Nah, he yeah, was, that's what he said. He was a super genius, him. Like, But he had so many parts of his personality where like, he, he could make a song about how women need to keep their head up when they're being left as single mothers. Then he could make a song like, fuck all these bitches. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, but I like that. Like When people have a go at me, they, like I say one bad thing about a certain type of person, they're like, oh, he's a fucking misogynist. It's like, well... How could I hate women? Me mum's one. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. I've just been with br- fucking Gervais. All right. And last, uh, Conor McGregor. Um, depending on the future. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, because he's going for a bit of shit. I bit. mean, yeah, his life is uh, interesting right now, but he's a fascinating character. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely a good subject for a, for a podcast. Uh, I think a good five shouts. Who would yours be? I've got, I've got, have you, have you got your five? Uh, yeah. Number one would be Bo Burnham. Number one on mine is Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham is fucking, hell, that's fucking weird. incredible. That's a guy. We didn't confirm. Oh, no, I'd love Bo Burnham. Second, Bo Burnham. the last who sells the bows. So all the, all the <laughs> yeah, bows. Yeah, get all the bows on. Yours no, would just my, be meaningless, num- Will. <laughs> my, mine would be, uh, would be Bo because of the fact that obviously started as a YouTuber, um, jumped off, and uh, his live shows are just. Incredible. Fucking genius. Do you know much about Bo? Not much. Incredible. Oh, His Netflix You've got some Netflix specials. Yeah. For, like, especially for people who do uh, our job, I mm. think Bo is an incredible social commentary on what it's like to do what we do. Yeah. And he makes, and he puts it out in a way where people who don't do, I suppose, entertainment uh, would be able to understand what he's going through. The he's, only it, thing Bo struggles with, like when I've tried to show him to people, you know when you show someone a comedian and you're just sat there going, oh, they're going to love he's this. He's genius, yeah, he's so clever. His music. Mm. Some people get put off by musician comedians because mm. obviously a lot of his stuff is songs. So yeah. sit and in play general, piano. It, that is not a good combination, is it? As yeah, well? like you got Tim Minchin and him. Like I other, think they're the only other two that, that can really kind of... pull it off. I don't like that geezer that goes on fucking eight out of ten cats, sits there with a with a keyboard in the corner. 
Yeah, like things like that. But Bo Burnham pulls it off in such a good way, Bo and he takes the piss out of the songs that he's doing as he does them. He mm. does songs about like I feel that Bo Burnham has obviously got so much shit going on in his head. He's so depressed because he knows he has to perform because that's all he's good at. So he has to go. Look, I make these silly songs for you, but you can tell all the all the while that he's this is all he knows, and he and he he's got them emotional issues. And when he does that song at the end about sounds weird, but he imitates that Kanye West song and does the Pringle can thing. And then yeah. It gets really deep at the end. That is just so fucking powerful. That's one of the best <coughs> things I think I've ever seen on Netflix. So. Yeah, that's why he'd be my number one. Yeah. And then uh, I suppose number two, um, I'm not so sure. I'd probably go for somebody like Frank Lampard purely because of the fact that. <laughs> Are you fucking joking? <laughs> I go for Frank Lampard. Why? Why not? That's a very dull this is such choice. Such a weird show. <laughs> Frank, Frank, Frank fucking purely, Lampard. Yeah, purely because of the fact. Derby that... County manager. <laughs> no, well, obviously. That's how you look at him. Ignore his career. Just Derby County. Yeah. So the only interesting story is that time he fucked those birds on camera, and I had that, and he won't even talk about that. So that's the pointless. I just think it'd be nice to have a, have a chat with somebody like that because he was a big part of my childhood. And I'll tell you the one, up. the one story I do. I remember about him while we were on him. When his mother died and he played and he scored that day and he got on his knees and pointed up, I thought, oh, like he got to us a bit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. a fair play, but he's just something I'd be interested in because he was such a, a clever guy, also doing football and kind of mm. like the stereotypes yeah. around that. I wonder what it was like. He's only, he's only just. We all know you just like watching him play. That's yeah, fine. That Plus, you really want to know what how Christine Bleak. Do you know lives. who my Do you know who my Frank Lampard is? Like who I, who hey. means something to me, but I don't know if anyone Anybody else would like the pod. We, yeah. We've got a picture of him actually, Stevie. It's definitely not. It's definitely not Shola. <laughs> Shola Ramiobi, everyone. <laughs> I love that he's eaten an apple. Yeah, that's iconic. There we yeah. go, it's an apple. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally, that was the best thing he did while at Newcastle, apart from <laughs> score against Sunderland. I, I've seen his house. It's fucking amazing. I fucking hate him. <laughs> um, my Frank Lampard, who I would love to interview, but I don't know if anyone else would enjoy it, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Just okay. quite an odd choice yeah, as well. I, just, I, I loved him when I was a kid. He would definitely play you in, in a biopic, of, uh, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't he? Like, yeah, he would. I'd love to just sit and just drink beers with him. It'd be great. <laughs> who's would be who's, who's number three? Uh, Stephen Gerrard. Then it would be, no, it wouldn't <laughs> Paul be. Skulls. It wouldn't be, no. David uh, just have them all in the room. Who was better, lads? Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's just all of them around. Get rid of They just take Stevie's seat. They're all sat there. All three of them. <laughs> Got the real uh, Stevie now. No, I, I'd probably go uh, PewDiePie. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, as being a, I had a fucking YouTube jacket. I'm a loser. Uh, but like, quite obviously, I'm, I'm going to go for YouTubers. I'll go for PewDiePie just because, fucking hell, I wonder what it would be like to be the number one. That sounds terrifying. Um, I would not want that. Uh, I would not want that thrusted on me. Well, he won't have I'd to worry about it much revenue. longer, will he? No, he the won't. Indians yeah. are coming. Yeah. <laughs> then I get T series on all of them. Uh, all the million videos. That's PewDiePie, you know. PewDiePie would be a good Told one. Told us to fuck myself. Like, I mean, not in that way, but he was like, I'm not really a... He doesn't do much I don't much think he socially. enjoys it. I don't see... I never see him out much with people. Well, PewDiePie was... I wanted PewDiePie to be me 100th. Really? Jake Paul ended up stealing that from him. Yeah. He's, I bet he's kicking himself now. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, did PewDiePie just say no? No, nah, I just said, look, mate, I've got um, JJ Logan, 100th up, and I'd love you to be 100, but he was like... No, I'm sort of not really. He's a, bit busy he's a lovely it. guy, but that man is on a fucking grind, like constantly. It's ridiculous. Mm. I don't think he ever leaves. Yeah, I, I really rate him though. I do. I do admire what he's done. Like he's, he's a lot better than I ever thought he was when he was doing the game and stuff. His his level of comedy is really high level. Yeah, he was one of the first YouTubers that like followed me as well, which is crazy to think. I think I had like twenty thousand subscribers. Was that on another? James Charles vibe, was no, it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the videos. No, it was not on another Seeing the junk Charles in that trunk, I tell you. <laughs> four and five, go. Uh, four and five, four, uh, Joji, also known as Filthy Frank. 
Okay. Um, just because he's uh, he's also done the whole leaving YouTube to do something else and become wildly successful. Succeed. I think that's inspirational for most people. That's and, a good shout. Uh, number five, I mean, uh, he literally just left England, but it probably would be James Charles, just because I think that'd be an interesting episode. Has he really? left England? He I thought you would have had him. No, he just left. I well, saw, I... he can't, can he now? Because he wanted him. <laughs> well, no, he was he was he was hog watching, wasn't he? Let's be honest. I saw, I met I met him a couple of days ago. He was a very nice bloke. Oh, you uh, met him? Yeah, and I he didn't him. fuck you. Whoa, 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 whoa! No, he didn't. Oh, you didn't get him on the podcast, but you got him on something else. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, I wonder why you're so smart. Do you know what it is, though? <laughs> Do you know if if I was gonna if I was if I was gonna as Logan said. Um, Join the other team. Yeah. Mm. James Charles would probably be one of them because he's a pretty boy. Like, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he's quite, I mean, get the money as well. Get mm. the easy subs. Yeah. If I was James Charles' boyfriend, going to get a good 10 million subs. Out sound of like actually if, you, if you were James Charles' boyfriend, I definitely know who would give and who would receive. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be loving it. There is no way you. he's going to be giving it to you. He'd be Those loving it. Quite to be fair, I'll fuck, I'll fuck girls less prettier than James Charles. <laughs> I swear to God. So like, if he's interested, James, give us a give us a DM. I guarantee if any of the girls hear this, they go, yeah, that's probably me. Uh, no, they if you know. stuck a wig on James Charles, he's definitely prettier than a few girls I've fucked. Oh. Without a doubt. Not even joking. Oh, that, put me on the lie detector. It's coming up true. I want to see these girls. Where's it, Jack? Who's, oh. the f- who's your five anyway? So mine would be Bo Burnham. We've already discussed. Um, number two... I think this is a traditional dinner party guest answer, but I'd love to have Hitler on. Wow! Yeah, I think you'd get on. Do oh, you know? Yeah. I, w- I was watching a podcast. Um, there was a <laughs> there was a scientist or whatever on Rogan's podcast, and he was like, it might have been Jordan Peterson actually, mm. and he was saying, in order to criticize Hitler, you have to first understand the genius of the man, and he like he, he went through, and he made you realize like the guy, as much of a fucking horrible cunt he was, mm. he had qualities of him that made him a formidable fucking yeah. quality. what he did he was unbelievable what I'd want to get right in his head I mean one thing you can say about Hitler is he's very good at what he did people convincing we're on dodgy ground here but it's true though isn't it yeah. I mean, it's worrying though like he was, he was if you want to be a psycho and kill people then he did that in a fucking because you would mm. think most people would be like alright maybe this isn't a good idea but mm. he'd managed to convince so many people to carry out those orders which is uh, and, and what Jordan Peterson I think said was you know everyone what watches the story back uh, of how it all unfolded in Germany and thinks I would have been on the right side he goes no look way. at the percentages yeah like people went with it you know mm. what I mean yeah and, and the chances are that everyone would have went with it because everything aligned for him you're a product of your environment yeah. basically it's like how many times do you have how many times do you have somebody that's just born in England uh, like just just to to traditionally white Christian parents that, are just, that you don't have a kid that's just born and go I'm a Muslim like that never happens. Do you know what I mean? No. You are a product of your environment. Mm. So if you are brought up to, fucking, to worship this in, guy, yeah, it, it, it would have happened. Yeah, exactly. And it would have goes on ha- nowadays that people vote for people and they don't even know half the stuff that they're doing. Yeah. So like, like, Donald are- Trump yeah. is in charge of fucking America. So <laughs> and, and, not- and the thing is, is the way people laugh at Trump is like the amount people will take the piss out of Trump. Like it, the the way people worshipped Hitler in that country is like mm. ten times what. That oh, is. definitely, yeah. definitely. If he was alive now, though. Imagine the memes. 
<laughs> that's that's where you go. I love your mind. <laughs> how, how how did you get there? From Imagine the Hitler. I bet you there already is something to be fair. Yeah. If there yeah, isn't, no, but like me and Mick, us out there, we know you're listening. Sort it out. <laughs> Fucking he would definitely have already been on PewDiePie's channel. Number three. <laughs> would, I, I don't know if it's wrong to have a dream guest that I, I only want to know a certain aspect of their life because obviously when you have someone on, you want to ask them the whole thing. But yeah. I would really like to have Heath Ledger on and ask him about wow. the role. The role, just that one role. Like mm. I know he's done a lot of other films. I couldn't give a fuck about him. I like The Dark Knight. What is interesting about the dark, well, the, that Batman, the the trilogy, mm. is that um, in uh, in Ten Things I Hate About You, Heath Ledger's in there, and obviously the guy who plays Robin, mm. yeah, is the, the guy playing alongside him the whole time. Do you know that? So do you know the copper who becomes Robin in the one with Joseph Bane Gordon in? Levitt? Yeah, yeah. Gordon yeah, 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 yeah. He he is in Ten Things I Hate About You with Heath Ledger as his friend in it, as right. his best mate. Friend, in yeah. I haven't seen that one. Did yeah. you never seen Ten Things I Hate About You? Oh, mate! Oh, mate. brilliant film. No. It's one for the girlfriend situation, isn't it, really? Is if it? you sat down with a woman, I'll watch it. Women love it. Yeah. Well, but, next um, time she starts talking about her dreams, I'll say, I should put this film on. <laughs> no, that'll shut her up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he, yeah, was, so. he was banging um, one, of the, um, one of the twins, wasn't he? For the Olsen twins. Was he? Oh, I, I think that he was heavily involved with one of them. I. Fuck me. See, I'm not going to sit here and claim I know loads about his life. I haven't mm. even seen his films, but uh, like his, most of his movies, I haven't even seen that one that you mentioned. But I would like just to ask him about that. And I've got a Heath Ledger tattoo, so I'd quite like to just show him that. Cool. Um, D, or 4, would actually be, and I think this is a recent one just because of what I've been watching on Netflix, but I would actually love, I would have loved to have done a podcast with Ted Bundy. I'd say mm, that it'd yeah. probably be one of my favourites. Have, have you seen the new the new um, Ted Bundy? People tapes? are not happy. Uh, I haven't, but um, he he was a fucking charismatic guy for what he was, and that is yeah. he's he's interesting. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer that they just released with Zac Efron? Yeah, the Zac Efron. Oh my god, people it, are what's, fucking. What's angry. the new thing then? What what's what's about Ted Bundy coming out now? Oh, I, there's been a new film that's, that is going to be coming out, which is about his life, and it's like. Not the way is it a recreation of his life with, with yeah, someone yeah, playing him? With Zac, Zac Efron playing him. And but it, it looks it, like Zac Efron it looks good. fits the fucking part. You it's, wouldn't think it, yeah, it, it but looks he does good, fit the fucking Yeah, because he was a handsome, charismatic guy, wasn't he? Yeah. But it's pissing people That's off. That's why people are angry. Because why is it pissing them off? The trailer has like a high-energy action movie music. Yeah. And it's like... It's like, you know, Wolf of Wall Street. Imagine that, but they've like done that, but it's kept funny. That's exactly what I thought of. But the whole point they've done that that people don't seem to get is because... That's, That's what he was. was like. That's what you said on the he, way, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. literally... The reason he was so prolific and the reason he he had so many women sending him letters wanting to be with him is because he was that guy. He was a very charismatic, good-looking dude. And that's what makes him one of the more interesting serial killers of the past, yeah. isn't it? That's what I sent to Jack on the way here. One, of, It's a weird thing to say, but as a kid growing up, I was my brother loved horror films, so I always watched that kind of thing. There was a film called Ted that came out years ago, and I loved it. Seth MacFarlane about... voiced him, didn't it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and um, yeah, I love that film, and it's all about his life, and you see all of that. So when I see this new trailer, it just fits perfectly. I don't. Everyone's kicking off at it, but back in the day, he was getting these women because he, he could. Yeah, yeah they, were, they yeah. were like, you're romanticising what he's done. It's like, That's I don't what think, he did. I don't think they're doing that. I think they're going... This is what he looked like to people. Like he looked like he was a uh, an action man type fucking like yeah. like yeah. like. They're saying they're saying oh they're glorifying him. They're making him hot. They're making him charismatic. They're making him funny. He was hot. He was charismatic. He was funny. They're not making yeah. any of this up. It's not fiction. This happened. Yeah. And what I didn't know is that he escaped jail twice. Twice, yeah. Uh -huh. I didn't know that. And, like, and, and also defended himself. Yeah, as defended well, which himself. Was, yeah. And he was probably 
genius level intellect like mm. you know what i mean he mm. wasn't mm. someone just, i think he mm. um worked the guards quite a lot in the yeah. prison because there's a scene in the original film that i mentioned that he's fucking a woman in the canteen he, like, he in the prison <laughs> and the guards just protecting it letting him ha- he, do it and he, then he escapes he got he got a, he when he was defending himself for the second time he had already been charged of murder and got a life sentence and then they put him up again for some older um murders when he was being charged he he used his moment in court to propose to a woman who was in the stand she said yes and then he managed to get her in the prison he fucked her and she had a kid and he brought up the kid from the prison so he started a family from prison so for, like he would make he would be the perfect the, the thing about psychopaths like that is part of their thing is they think that they're the most intelligent person going that's what gets them the arrogance to think they can get away yeah. with the shit yeah. but the thing with him was like there was some truth in it. He wasn't actually it? was. He was, he yeah. was a slippery motherfucker. Well, he's, yeah. he still never admitted to it, did he? Even when he died, he's always wasn't kind it of, that interview no, no, the no, way he, he looks he really oh, well, like yeah. to great. Like he just looks fucking dishevelled and old and they all ruined. Do. Yeah, like yeah, I I find a lot of serial killers quite weird because they just go with it until death. Yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer was one that mm. he towards his end he just found. Was he God. the one who chopped people up and put them he, in the barrels? The worst, yeah. yeah, the worst thing I think and the dad I read, gets up and screams at him yeah. in the court. The worst thing I think I read they ever did was um. He kept killing them, men. He always went for men, this one. Um, he kept killing them and sleeping with their dead bodies again. Oh. But he realised that they were decomposing too quickly. What a bloody topic. Yeah. Um, so one of them he didn't kill. He knocked out, drilled into his head and poured acid in to try and make his own sex zombie. And then it eventually killed the guy anyway. And then he had to get rid of, like, yeah, he stuck Can you imagine? Fucked it right up. Happy. <laughs> He's just like, it was oh. the acid. I should have put something else in. Welcome back to the happy hour. <laughs> this is your fault. I know. And then Mylene, by the way. My, what's that? When we're talking about serial killers, have you seen Monster? Um, oh, no, yeah. So there's a documentary about the one of the most prolific women serial killers called Eileen. Mm. Um and you might have seen how she sort of pulls her hair back and she's got this like way about her. Creepy, yeah. Um, and she denied it like right to the bitter end as well. But basically she was a prostitute and she'd kill men in the car when they had their dicks out. Really? Yeah, there, yeah. Was a, there was one where she went to kill a guy and he was like, no, actually I can't do this. I shouldn't be doing this. And she just let him go because she was realised that he was a nice guy. Yeah. So she was doing it to men that like just wanted to fuck. I mean, like, it, they wanted to fuck. They didn't want it to die though. So it yeah. Isn't, but oh, yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> we can't. We don't condone any of these people. <laughs> just quick, quick message. Have you heard about Ed Kemper? Are we just going to go on a little thing about yeah, killers? Hey, Ed Kemper's fucked, man, because he's like so articulate. He's a bit. Like, he's not good looking, but he's a bit like um, me. Uh, fucking what's <laughs> uh, Ted Bundy? No, he's a bit like Ted Bundy. You talk he, as we out of shit. Like. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and he he's like he was massive. Like he's probably as big as you, and he had this like big tash, and um, he. He spoke about his crimes not in an eerie way, not in an evil way where it spooks you, but almost in like an intriguing way where it's nothing to him. And uh, he chopped his mum's head off and had sex with her neck hole. (laughs) You don't even know what to say. No, I'm just like, this is my podcast, isn't it? Like, I I, I, I know for a fact that no one else's podcast. Was was JJ's like this? No, no, no. no, no. no. I'm proud of that. If we're talking (laughs) favourite serial killers, you ask. Yeah. The Iceman, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. He was a hitman uh, for the Mafia. And um, he would... He, the reason they called him the Iceman is because he was so calm and cool. I think it was called Richard Klinsky or something like that. And uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's gimmick was based around the Iceman, like this sort of 
uh, ice in his veins to character. And one of the he was so big. Uh, one of the ways he killed someone was he wrapped a rope around someone's throat and turned around and hung them off of his back. And he would literally just sit there with his eyes closed or whatever and wait until the body went lifeless, and then he would know it because he was so big he could just do that and kill them like that. Jesus um, uh, but he did like uh, some interviews which are really cool because he just sits there and talks like this and that's terrifying. Very calm and nothing phases him ever. Wow. Uh, so the Iceman is my most interesting serial killer. Fucking hell. I'm going to go home and search that up. <laughs> Who's number one on your list? I've got one last serial killer. <laughs> one last one, quickly, right? There's a guy called... Uh... I love how the, this segment was supposed to be about our dream guest and it's just turned into serial killer. <laughs> All my dream guests are serial killers. All my dreams not... are about serial killers. Shut up, Fiona! <laughs> <laughs> That's better than Frank Lampard, surely. Jesus, it is, isn't it? No, there's a guy called... I can't remember his first name, but his last name's Al Keller, and he's known as the Dayton Show Killer. Have you heard oh of him? Oh, my dear. No? So he, this is mental. He, Still a black. He was charismatic. Do you know about this, Brian? No. Like he, he was. He was very. This guy was charismatic, right? Long hair, and um, he used to kill women that he was going on dates with. And because he was quite charismatic, he knew he could always pull women. So he. One, he's, you can see the the clip on YouTube. He goes on to the American version of um, Blind Date, and uh, th- there's this woman in one side of the door. Obviously, the same format. He, he sat on the store, and she's going, and she just instantly likes him. And she's like, number uh, guess number one. He sat there. If you could be um, any dish, and I had to serve you, what would what would what would you be? And he goes, I would be the banana like that. And then he's like, because you can peel me. And I'm like, oh my god, this is freaky. And I then, don't know if it's just Jack saying it, but that was not sexy. No, <laughs> no, no, I said freaky, didn't I? Oh, did I say sexy? No, but then yeah, she goes to him. What's your favourite time of the day? And he goes, night time, because it's the only time there is, and all the fun stuff happens at night. They, she picks him. Oh my to, God. to go and on a date, her. right? And then they go back and they're, they're hugging. You can tell she's really into him because the other two guys were fucking ugly. Mm. And then she, they they go backstage and I read into it and she refuses the date because she says he's, he's instantly too creepy to her. And then he, he, never, he never killed her. But he went on after that to kill another 30. 30? Yeah. Jesus, man. You yeah. didn't make him sound charismatic at all. I would be the banana. Could you <laughs> feel me? Never say <laughs> it again. <laughs> but I've got the accent. And my last one would be Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah, that was my that was my favourite serial killer as well. Actually, out of all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, Robin Williams. Oh, dear. Show. When, uh, when, actually, before I did Gervais, I was thinking about that. Like, who would be the equivalent of Gervais? Like, who else could you group up there with him? Mm. As like, can write a show, can can act in different ways, can make you like stand up, can do it all. I think he's like he's very Gervais like, but Americanized. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And with the voices, he's got a bit something else to him as well. But mm. uh, he was such a talent. Stevie, if you had to pick one. <laughs> well, I'm not going to give you five. I think we, we ate into his time with serial killers. We're sorry about that, Stevie. <laughs> That's fine. Amazing. I think at the moment, my favourite, I'd go comedian. Michael James Bublé. James Acaster at the moment. Okay. Something That's about him. That's I just an achievable I guest. I think he's really smart. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah we should have set achievable goals. We yeah. didn't, did we? Yeah. Let's, let's make some dreams about that. So next up on Happy Hour is going to be James Acaster and Frank Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was, I've, I've got a little bit here about just the the KSI stuff, but I feel like that's done. That's died to death. I mean, you can ask us whatever you want. I, I, another I, video for the second channel. I just want to know what was going through your mind um, when, when that when that press conference was dealing you with the shittest hands possible. Like what what was going through your mind? Because I could, that is the only time I've seen you visibly rocked. I wanted to punch people. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. Like um, I think rocked. 
I wasn't bothered about the crowd or anything as much as it was more about the fact that I wanted to ask the questions and do a good job, but I realised that there was no chance of that happening mm. at all. When was the, What was the first moment in your head where you thought, oh, this is going a bit south? Uh, Deji being on stage, to be honest with you. <laughs> De- Deji, um, he's a bit of a performer of the crowd and I, I think he was just on his own mission. Right. And I was on my mission and, I, and my mission was trying to get everyone to put on a good show and... You know, he wasn't listening. Jake was trying to help me out a bit, to be fair. Mm. Uh, and then when we got to the main stage, my previous uh, feelings towards Logan, I just thought of let, I just let JJ go, really. Yeah. I didn't get involved. I was like, ah, fuck it. Do you and Deji have a little bit of beef then? No, we're, we're fine. Yeah. Right. Do you think that whole situation was just because they didn't understand that he just took advantage of it and just went with it, JJ, obviously? But, like, McGregor does it all the time, but McGregor does it in a way that he can still do the press conference. Yeah. But they mm. ruined that completely. I, I, to be honest with you, I think at the end of the day, we have to accept it's amateurs trying to do a professional thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I've I've watched hundreds of press conferences with UFC and boxing, so I know how the shit goes. Mm. But these lads, you know, I think, I think JJ came prepared, but the other lads weren't really... They didn't know what but the fuck they were into. I, just to interject, because I did do a video on it, actually. Mm. I don't think even if you'd have been able to control the crowd, everything, all of that, that you would actually have got anything out of Logan that day, purely because of the way that he played the situ- out, situation mm. out from that point onwards. I, I, I yeah. think he really, really wanted to go on that stage and look really sad, because his whole thing from that point onwards was, look, I'm a changed man. I would never do what JJ did. I would never say the mean things JJ said about me on that stage. And that's all the clips he used every single time. Diss track, but, but whatever. But why would he fly all the way to, over to England just to bottle the press conference? Because he did it. I, 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 I'm I not think sure. he did it on purpose. No. I generally, I believe personally, obviously, it's just my personal view that he, he wanted to go on there and then because his whole thing from that point onwards, he did a 10 minute video going, JJ was really mean to me and hurt my feelings, and I, I just no, didn't. I, do I that. think Logan was prepared to answer questions. I never asked them to be fair to them. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> that, that fucking fixed. crowd, though, to be fair, were brutal. Like, style, I've yeah. never known anything I liked like all that. the memes after that yeah. about the American crowd compared to the English yeah. crowd. I've, it I've made been, us look great. I've been to some dodgy football matches and shit. I've not, that, that was like, like as bad as... Because it was so enclosed and people were so close, like... It wasn't even like there was the distance for a football match where you could run off yeah. away from the fucking... It was the, the after scenes that were terrifying. Yeah. No, it was, it was, you see the people chucking paint. No, it was terrible. Was but it was it was a shit people. show, but it's difficult because I felt like one of... The, I felt like the only person in the room who was sort of trying to keep... Like, the production side of things behind the scenes was an absolute... There's a microphone, man. Get on with it. Save us, mate. Like, mate... Like, no one no one fucking helped me. Do you know what mm. I mean? I was just there on my own. No, you trying... literally looked like you were stranded on stage. Yeah, I was... I, was, I, I mean, I, I wanted to fuck it off, to be honest with you, but you've just got to... I was invested in it. I wanted to do a good job. Mm. And I was like... Oh, fuck's sake, what am I going to fucking do? Do I just punch everyone in sight? Or do yes. I fucking keep this thing Start the boxing so, now! Yeah. <laughs> Let's um, skip this press conference bullshit. So I was more angry at the production. Mm. Uh, I wasn't really as angry, because I knew the lads were just trying to win. Yeah. They're trying yeah. to get the mental edge. I was more angry at the people, the bottle jobs who handed me the microphone, who were like, uh, who hadn't really put the, done the prep. Do you know what I mean? Like the microphones weren't pointed the right way. There was so many little things that I was like, this is amateur hour. This, do you know mm. what I mean? What but, was it? What was it like backstage? Was it hostile? Love being backstage. Um, <laughs> I've been with you. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Um, uh, they're quotes from the office. Aren't yeah, they? sorry, yeah. he knows. He knows. <laughs> um, it was so when I seen Logan because me and Logan hadn't 
talked anything out and the last impression he had of me was oh was me. that the first time you'd met him oh, since? oh yeah me calling him yeah cunt was the last time yeah. you'd seen that you know what i mean so that was awkward for did he come over to you no no i just walked i just walked past him i was like nothing really do you know what i mean yeah. like, but he was he, he's he's thinking there's the guy who's just called me an absolute cunt in a video mm. I'm going up head to head with JJ one of the best shit talkers on YouTube and that crowd fucking hate me <laughs> it must have been difficult for him mm. and that's why even when I made my responding to Logan video I even gave him like I'd probably have been fucking struggling as well to be fair to you do you mm. know what I mean um, so it was a bit weird and, and there was some posing going on so like it's not it's not just like JJ and Logan it's it's the people around them who are trying to posture and trying to act like if anything happens, I'm you your man. I'm going to get at stuck the in. First boxing fight as well, didn't you? Because that was one of the things that interested me. Looking at the people standing around the people involved. Because uh, I look at those people, I'm like, you guys are fucking losers. <laughs> yeah, I think one of my most frustrating moments of the whole thing uh, was uh, the weigh-in where uh, JJ and Logan are on stage. It's just supposed to be me. JJ and Logan ask them some questions but the entourage everyone wants to be on those pictures yeah even the security guards and that's when it really really I mean if you look at the pictures you'll see everyone oh like, my. everyone's trying to get in and I'm like this little stage ain't gonna fucking support all us cunts lads I mean I'm fucking 23 stone myself yeah so I just I'm trying to have an organised fucking thing and I'm not normally doing this I'm a fucking podcaster but I, my dream job is to do that sort of shit really so I was mm. enjoying it but I was like can everyone just get off the fucking stage we're just going to do a face off mm. just going to weigh the lads in I'm not going to let anything happen mm. not, I'm just going to separate them if anything starts but it's the demand for everyone to be in that limelight was really like, <laughs> and and people can look at me like, well, you weaselled your way in. Well, fair enough, but I think actually I earned you were hosting it, so I, is, you kind of are meant to be there. I fucking earned it. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm the the sports guy in the fucking space, and I podcasted with the pair of them, and I know them, so I, I'm in a good place to like say, calm yeah, down, lads. I look at it and I'm like, you're f those people might be their friends, like the Joe Weller one. And yeah. It's like I look at it and I go, you might be there to support. Your man, I suppose. Mm. Uh, the guy who everybody's fighting over their attention for. Uh, same with the people with Logan and stuff. And it's like, what you end up doing is you make your guy look like a fucking idiot. Because mm. there's like three people standing behind him at all time, mm, all trying yeah. to look like big guys. It's like, you make him look like he can't handle himself. Exactly. So if you look at the UFC press conferences, when the two fighters square off, there's, there's Dana White in the middle. That's it. You know, yes, they've got their entourages behind off stage, but they're, they're men enough to stand up. I, at one point, I looked at my side, I thought, Shannon the Cannon Briggs is here. Yeah. I mean, if anything kicks off, this is going to be a fucking nightmare. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, just... You picked him out, obviously, for the first person you were going to punch. I mean, I, mate, <laughs> I tell you what, there's not many people I would be like, fuck <coughs> me at, but he's one of them. Do you know what I mean? He's fucking huge, and he could fucking throw a dig. Like, So I was I was just aware of how many people were around us. Like, yeah. this is not a good situation. That's what you want. So that was... but. It was a good learning experience for us because if we ever do it again and if they ever want me involved again, I'm going to ask for more control over that situation and be like, when I'm the one who's doing the controlling of the show, mm. people who shouldn't be telling me what to do, security guards, friends of the fighters, don't fucking come near me. Don't tell me what to do. Mm. Let's have the fighters here. I'll stand in the middle. We'll take the picture. We'll fucking go home. Yeah. Like, Because too many people think that they're 
in charge. Oh, yeah, and they're not. You could tell, by the way, they were talking to you, especially from the American side. Yeah. They thought that they were running the show. Yeah, well, and I understand because they were getting things thrown at them at the time, so I was trying to calm that down. And as we all remember, we're all going to go home. That's it. What what kind of shit were they throwing? Oh, pennies, shit like that. I don't know. Sideband hats. uh... (laughs) Yeah, but it was just... Wow. It was a lot. It was a lot of. Uh, if we do it again, I've learned a fuck ton for next time. Yeah. So if if they want me involved again, I don't want to be a part of something that is a shit show. So mm. I want to at least. And then if they don't want me involved because I want to do it properly, then I'd happily step aside this time. Yeah. Fair. What? What? Good luck to anyone taking that. Yeah. One well yeah fuck me. What was um? What was Logan and Jake? What were they like when they came on your podcast? Like what were they behind the scenes? Yeah. Um. Really sound, actually. Was it an in-and-out job, or did you have time to just sort of... Oh, yeah, we, we, we had time to chat. Uh, so I had a chat with Logan first, because obviously I wanted to calm the... Be like, look, we've said what we've said. We'd had a chat on the phone beforehand, mm. um, and I just was like, let's do a fucking good podcast, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I want to make good content. We Let's have it out. You know, you had your experience with suicide. I had mine. I'm I'm happy to go into that, but I didn't want to berate him and be like, "What you did was wrong." Like, yeah. of course he knows that by now. Yeah. So I wanted to just explore it and then get onto the the JJ thing. And Jake Jake was just there to support Logan. To be fair, and, and I was like, in my head, I'm like, "All right, then yeah. let's do the fucking podcast, mate." You know what I mean? Why not? Yeah. But if I'd known more about Jake, I would have had a much better podcast with them because it was mainly about the fight um were they were they was there not a sharp contrast in their personalities when the cameras went off um they've, they they they're similar but they're different like obviously they're brothers but they logan comes across as a lot more confident and a lot more sort of um like the older one of the two mm. and jake uh jake is a, like off the rails Jake, on I just was sort of I noticed how much he would stutter and pause in his in the podcast like uh, uh, uh like yeah I guess he still I mean that might be his way and maybe that's why his pod his videos are edited like mm. they are because he's so like what's going on like mm. maybe that's why but um in my head I was like I understand intelligence you can't just judge it off how good if someone can have a conversation you know what i mean there's the guys making 20 million a year for oh, a fucking both reason geniuses yeah, yeah they, they they get marketing they they get what, they, the what they're doing one of the things that upsets me is that people refuse to take any positives from the pools mm. i think that's uh, really stupid i always say to every youtuber i've ever met when they go who's somebody you look up to on youtube i'll go Paul Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, those guys are fucking geniuses when mm-hmm. it comes to what we do as a job, and the fact that people will write them off. For There's a difference anything between looking is... up to them as people and looking up to. I look up, I, but you, and I, so. yeah, I don't look up to them like, oh, they're great role models. No, no, I look up to them in terms of you people, can, people. You can respect business. what someone's achieved without liking them. So, like, you take Keemstar. I've made for many example. videos on them. Yeah, like, you don't like Keemstar, but you can't deny. Oh, what I'm he's not going to sit here and go, Keemstar's put no work in because mm-hmm. that would make that would be a fucking lie. And, and I don't, I don't like when people try and discredit people like that. It's it's one thing I get when people go oh their videos aren't even that good i was like no i can objectively see why people would enjoy a logan or jake paul video like i could understand it so i just don't like them as people necessarily mm. but you know but I, I i don't want to i think there's something to logan though that, that there's that this guy is uh he's charismatic he's a serious killer he's the, a serial serial killer he's a serious <laughs> killer he's a serious killer <laughs> there's, 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 <clears throat> he has potential to, to go killer. to a place that other youtubers can't and get he could get off the platform and go Further than most YouTubers, could, he was I think. very close mm. to doing really with the really movies and things. shit. Yes, yeah. He, Unfortunately he's... for him, that really. I couldn't out. imagine anyone else turning around what he did. 
and he did it yeah, in, in a short time as well. Like, yes, uh, very quick. Within the matter of like six the, six months, the fight happened, and that was like perfect timing for everything. JJ saved his career, and and Logan admitted that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, think the, the the last question I want to ask um, is putting all bias aside. If the rematch happens, you were there on the night. You saw the fight. You saw the styles. You know fighting. <laughs> We're amateurs here watching this. I'm an amateur watching it. Who who would your money be on and why? I'm going to give you my honest answer, and that is, and I know it might seem like a, a bottle job of an answer, but it's the truth. Whoever wants it more will win that because they are so closely matched in terms of like ability. And even before the fight, I did say to like Lawrence and them around us, and you can ask them. Uh, I don't think anyone's finishing anyone out of these two because the, the minds are so strong of these lads. Like The way they're so determined with YouTube, they just brought that to the boxing. Mm. But Logan's fucking huge. Like That's mm. the thing that people don't get. Like And uh, he's like... I, I think saying he could be a UFC fighter, I mean, obviously, he, he couldn't have a career in the UFC because it's too late for him or whatever. But he, he is... He's built for fighting. Like the guy is like actually built for His it. His arms are ridiculous. Um, mm. and, and JJ's got this like superhuman stamina that people underestimate a lot. Like he he can fight solidly for a lot of rounds. So like they've both got like good qualities. Um and I think I just think whoever really knuckles down between now and November, if it is in November, like they reckon it's gonna be, mm. is the one who's gonna win it. But I do think I think that this time we might see a finish for that reason. I agree. Because I feel like I've seen a lot of rematches and what often happens is if the first one's really close, one of them is a lot more affected by it than mm. the other one. So there'll be one of them afterwards who can who can live with that a bit more mm. and there'll be one of them who's really like, nah, I should have Based fucking... Based off of JJ last week, I would say JJ is the one who... Because yeah. he said last week, uh, which I was really amazed when he was telling us all the stuff he was. Yeah. Kind of like him going like, are you sure you, you, sure you want to say that? Yeah. And he was like, I just didn't, I just didn't train hard enough. Yeah, I found yeah. that really weird. Yeah, I was he like, said that he didn't yeah. put as much work. Like, I didn't he, put as much work. He put in more for Joe Weller than he did for Logan. So when I, when, I, when I interviewed them both, and I interviewed them within about three days of each other, yeah, I could tell JJ was much more was more confident than Logan, but but they're both very believable. When they sat in front of you going, yeah, I'm going to knock this guy out. They're but yeah, the, the truth of the matter is just one of them is going to be really, really affected by that draw than more than the other. And it he'll be the one who comes out on top clearly I, next time. I, I think, and I'm just an amateur here. Mm. This is just my prediction. No, I've seen your boxing Instagram videos. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would, I would go Logan. Same. Because I think it's in America, and I think JJ last week when he came in, all credit to him, but he seemed so relaxed and so yeah. almost not nonchalant, not, not he bothered. Seemed that he cared yeah. that much, and and he, he and I said he's still training. He was like, yeah, yeah, and it was just like, I'm, was like is he going to be? In I know November's a long way off, and he's still got time to like. He's not. He's but not, as, not they don't even know the venue but... yet, though. I think he's almost. I don't know if he's almost thinking like maybe it's once it's, it's set in stone. I don't think JJ wanted to lose in front of his his mates in, in on his turf, and and when it's the other way around. But the thing is, if that fight had gone on another couple of rounds, I do think JJ would have yeah. finished Logan because he he sussed him out. Uh, I watched that like you watch yeah. it happen. Like, he but, felt Logan so out. There's two ways of looking at this fight. For me, you can look at it like well, JJ would have finished uh, Logan if it carried on, but equally, if Logan had had more in the gas tank. Would Logan have just kept jabbing all night and, and cruised to an easy decision? You, it's hard to say that, uh, but 
I, I give credit one thing. If this was real, if this was real, if they were professionals, JJ wouldn't have even been in the same weight class as Logan. No. So you've got to give credit Fat to JJ yeah. for having the fucking balls to go and take on a guy who is three, four inches when taller. I saw yeah. Logan walk into the ring from my point of <laughs> view. I looked at him, I went, I turned to, I was sat with James Marriott, and I just went, I would, I would not want to be in there. I, like, I really don't want so, to be there. So I'm, uh, I don't know what Logan weighs, like 14 and a half stone, some shit like that. I'm 23 stone. But in terms of frame, mm. skeletal structure, like Logan isn't that much different than me. Like he's fucking huge. So, and he looks like he's carved from fucking stone. So yeah. for, for JJ to go against him, all my fucking respect. Like, cause uh, a lot of people think YouTubers are pussies. You know, I think JJ's done a lot to like, change that perception like 100%. yeah we'll get in there and fucking have a good go yeah, and, and I'm the other so lads, down I can't <laughs> wait credit to the other lads who did it as well in uh, Deji Jake and um, Gibbo and, and Jay from uh, TGF mm. they all they really went for yeah. it you yeah. know like there wasn't anyone on the night apart from like some of the other, other fights earlier down but like out of those three main fights they all were like oh this the is a fight yeah they're really I was going most for it. impressed by was the crowd Mm. Uh, it was amazing. Mm. So, I mean, I turned up there late. Uh, I turned up there just when Jay's fight finished because mm. I'd been doing a meet and greet in mm. Birmingham all day. And I turned up and everybody was so lovely. Uh, I got a lot of pictures of people who were really nice. And then when I was sat in there just looking at people cheering these people on, I almost thought, oh, I might give that a go next year. And I was like, no, no, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, I would die. So I would be killed. I would actually not you make... You could fight George. I'd, be, <laughs> yeah. I'd still die. Uh, I'd be the first YouTuber to die in the ring. Think of the views, though. <laughs> if I die? Yeah, for me. Uh, 2018 was very much your year. Um, you went from strength to strength. I'd say you're wrong, but it was, to be fair. <laughs> uh, what's, how, where's 2019 going to go? What's next for True Geordie? Mm. I don't know. Sometimes Frank Lampard on the pod. I'm just an opportunistic cunt, to be honest, lad. So when mm. I say it, hopefully it'll, mm. I'll smash it. But uh, I guess what I'm happy about now, as YouTubers, we're all trying to like find our little mm. place or whatever where that that's you're, you're trying to nail down who you are. And I think like being older and that's helped me with that. But also having that year where people found out like seeing more emotional side of me when I had the crying video and that and uh, also getting to get in the ring and like host do, do the dream job and, and maybe one day I could do that professionally I'd love that um, just getting to prove myself a bit more now I, I've, I've had that year and I'm kind of like alright I've carved out who I am and I just want to do more of the same now really yeah I think the moment you carve out exactly what you're doing who you are and people can emotionally connect with you mm -hmm. they're willing to give you a shot at whatever you want to do because if they believe in you they'll believe in whatever project you want to go into I think that's yeah. a lovely way to end it there we go Brian True Jewelry Cheers, thanks lads. for coming on the podcast mate um, it's been a pleasure Alex thanks, thank you thank you very much Stevie thank you um, you know where to check him out guys True Geordie on everything this has been the Happy Hour Podcast we'll see you soon bye <laughs>